I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast, and this is the Opposition View with me, Will Pugh, ahead of Saturday's Premier League clash at home to Sheffield United. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Hal Stewart from the Sheffield United Way. Hal, it's great having you on the podcast. It's the first time we've had you on the podcast. I always like it when we speak to new guests and new people. I feel like I have to apologise for making you come and speak to me in public less than 24 hours after you were well and truly humped at home by Newcastle 8-0. I can't start anywhere other than that, I'm afraid. How are you feeling this morning? Well, it wasn't your fault. So, uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you know, you, you probably don't need to apologise too much. Uh, you also arranged this with me before you knew that scoreline. So True story, yeah. I'm actually not going to attribute any blame in Will's direction. <laughs> Thanks very much, yeah. But how are you feeling about the game? I'm feeling like I can actually take my glasses off. I've just realised because I don't have to read anything, which is quite welcome uh, whenever I'm on YouTube. Because uh, I, do, I do enjoy the grief I get after I do videos, but it does remove one layer of grief if you can't attribute the, the word specky in front of the insult. So I've just <laughs> lost that and then carry on from here. Uh, your question was about last night. Uh, hope that sums it up. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, mate. Yeah, I, I, I quite understand. But, I mean, look, bottom of the table at the moment. It was a, it was a huge achievement in the first place to get promoted last season, was it not? And I, I think there there was sort of a lot of defence of of Paul Heckingbottom that I saw certainly on on Twitter yesterday before he's even been sacked he's, he's still in a job at the moment how do you how does that sit with you what's your, what's your sort of general stance that game aside how do you feel at the moment what's the feeling among the fans um we all well we all i can't speak for everyone obviously 
we all at the Sheffield United way, uh, there's three of us, uh, we, we back Paul. We think that Paul Heckenbottom should still be in the job because he's done a tremendous job, as you say, in getting us out of the Championship, a very, very difficult league to get out of. And he's also had to deal with a lot of off-the-field stuff at the start of this season, like losing Sander Berger and Illy Manandai, which many outsiders might say were our two best players. And then you get a variety of different opinions inside the club. Uh, so he's had to contend with that. And there's been, above that, the turmoil of the club basically being for sale for the last X number of months with a number of different suitors, mm. each one seemingly less suitable uh, than the last. <laughs> so he's uh, he's done really, really well against all of that. And his win percentage is, well, it's getting worse, obviously, but it's it's one of the best, if not the best, for a manager who's managed as many games as he has. And I, I just think he's a really highly qualified, likable chap, and I do not want to mm. see him lose his job. And we've got to be careful we don't do a bit of knee-jerk because we could easily have nine points from the way we played this season. Yeah. Yet here we are talking after one point, bottom of the table, with now a dreadful goal difference. Yeah, yeah, of course. What, what did you make then of the... Uh, of the the reports about about Wilder recently, reportedly made up with um, Prince Abdullah. Yeah, where do you think that came from? Well, yeah, Chris that Wilder. From, I'm imagining that, that. No, that came from from our interview on on Sheffield United Way. So all of that, all oh, of right. these, all of these reports came from our interview with Prince Abdullah. So right. we asked. Well, actually, we didn't ask. Let me let me let me backtrack slightly. Prince Abdullah brought up Chris Wilder. We didn't ask about it, and said, "By the way, I've made up with." Chris Wilder, we've, we've patched things up and we have a good relationship now. So we we didn't right. chase that story because we're not we're not really well. Actually, we were asking questions submitted by the fans. So if you if anyone's watching this and they saw that interview with Prince Abdullah and you thought, oh, Hal didn't do a very good job, well, the questions were submitted by our Sheffield United Way viewers. So yeah. if you didn't like any of the questions, that's their fault. Uh, but also, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Of course, they were great questions. But he brought that up. Now then, the Daily Mail must have seen that interview and have grasped a bit of it and run with it. And then since then, I've been getting contacted by quite a lot of publications, as you can probably imagine, because it stemmed from our interview about mm. what we think about it. And realistically, at the time when we did it, we didn't think anything. It's just nice that two people that work together and seemingly fell out acrimoniously have patched things up. Whether yeah. you can make the leap from Prince Abdullah saying to us that he's patched things up with our former manager to the former manager will replace our current manager is very much up to you as an individual. And that's all mm. I'll say on it. Yeah, you think it might have been a bit of a two plus two equals five sort of a situation. Yeah, I think he was, um, was he at your game? Uh, you're two undefeated at Tottenham, Wilder. I yeah. think there was. Yeah, we uh, won that game 1 0 in 90 minutes, and that's that's the way I prefer to look at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were winning when the whistle should have gone or would have gone Absolutely. last season. I mean, any yeah, other no, season. I quite, yeah, I quite agree, especially as it was against Tottenham. I'm more than happy to back that hypothesis. Um, first of all, I think before we move on, how on earth does one uh, secure an interview with, with Prince Abdullah? Excellent work there, um, far by far eclipsing any achievements we've ever um, <laughs> done on this podcast. But yeah, that must have been a sensational one for, for you guys. Uh, yeah, how, how did we? Well, we just ask a lot of people. Like today, I've reached out to some pretty big names and I do it in a way that is the most 
sort of ham-fisted and cumbersome way you could possibly imagine. I just message people on Instagram or Twitter. There is no <laughs> science to it. And no. I would say of, of 100 people I message, 98 ignore me. And you maybe yeah. get two that say, yeah, okay, I'll speak to you. And amazingly, yeah, yeah. the owner of the entire football club uh, said he would when, when we approached him. Yeah. So that, that was great and very rare in the Premier League yeah. that I think a, an owner would, would speak to a fan channel. But he likes fan Big channels. He's quite forward thinking in terms of the old media. He, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think, I think he has more time for the future, which is these sort of things. Uh, and maybe yeah. not so much some of the older stuff, but I'm not. I don't think that way because personally, my favourite medium on earth is broadcast radio. So I, you know, I'm I'm definitely not going to say that's how I necessarily feel. But and also, I don't really want to put words in his mouth. But he hasn't he hasn't spoken to the local press for a while, so you can maybe draw your own conclusions. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite. Did he? How long did you get with him? Uh, well, we interviewed him twice. So if you. Amazing. Add them up. Let's say probably an hour and fifteen minutes. He says, guessing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's amazing stuff, mate. I, I, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, that David Sullivan would be in too much of a hurry. Ask him. I don't think. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think there's plenty of people that that have in the past. I think he's. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a. He's queuing up to. Uh, to certainly receive questions from fans, I think um, you'd, you'd struggle to wade through a lot of the insults uh, to get to the actual questions. But look, I mean, on, on the whole, then, how are obviously I'd, I appreciate you can talk for for you guys on, on the podcast, but you'll get a flavour for Sheffield United fans a bit further afield. What's the the feeling among the club at the moment? Is it? I hate this football cliche, right? I hate it. And I hate myself that I'm going to pose it as part of a question to you. And people say, oh, we weren't quite ready to go up. I'm like, it's football. Just win the games that are in front of you and try and go up if you can. Is it one of those? Are you just like, oh, I'd rather have been stayed down last season because we're not quite ready for it? Or is it, well, if we'd have been backed in the summer or Heckenbottom had been backed and spent a bit more, we might be OK or we might still be OK anyway? Spent about as much as I thought we'd spend. Uh, we had to go up. We had to go up. Like financially, we, we just had to. I think we've been a right mess. I know our chief executives come out and said we wouldn't have been in a right mess, but it's easy to say that now. Who really knows? I think we'd have had to sell players. Uh, we went up and then ended up selling players anyway, but that wasn't the plan. I'm pretty confident that wasn't the plan. Losing Illiman and Dai and Sanderberger would not have been the drawn up on the, the whiteboard plan. That just happened and we could... If we got longer, we could talk about why that happened, my theories on why that happened. But I, I definitely don't think that was what anyone at board level wanted to happen. But it's happened. So then you deal with the the way that the, the cookie crumbles. Uh, and, and what they've done is they've gone out and tried to replace arguably the irreplaceable. Certainly, Illiman and Dai is irreplaceable. Sander, maybe. I think, it's, let me rephrase that. Sander, definitely. And Illiman, mm. uh, definitely not. And, and we haven't replaced Illiman. And I don't think we ever will unless we bring Illiman and Dai back. And Illy, if you're watching, <laughs> uh, come home. You're, you're always welcome. So it's been difficult. We had to go up. We did go up. We spent what I thought we'd spend. We sold who I didn't think we'd sell, certainly in one case. And we have the players we have. And Paul Heckingbottom has the players at his disposal that he has. And he has to get the best out of them. And even in that game against Newcastle, he tried. It wasn't like he just sat back with his arms folded and went, right, well, we've lost this game at halftime. He changed the formation three times. He made every mm. substitution that he could have made to try and change things. 
and it didn't work. And you can look back at it as a fan and go, well, he got this wrong, he got this wrong, he got this wrong. Sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say the players, particularly second half, let him down. And I mm -hmm. think you could be quite reactionary after a game like that. Or you could say, right, Sheffield United under Paul Heckenbottom have not ever been hammered like this. And really every other game this season, we've been in it. And it's either been a defeat by one goal or we've drawn. So I'm just going to go, yeah. right, let's see what happens next. Because if we get hammered yeah. by West Ham and we get hammered by Fulham, we get hammered by Man United, we get hammered by Arsenal. Well, do you know what? It's going to be the same because we're losing these games by one goal anyway. So it wouldn't come down to goal difference at the end of the season. We'd be down no. anyway. So yeah. we're losing anyway. If we're getting hammered, fine. Then we can have a serious conversation. But it's one game, and I'm not going to go completely over the top, even though it's the worst defeat in Sheffield United's history, certainly that I can ever recall and in my lifetime. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'd, I heard the stat yesterday. It was your worst ever home defeat. I think mm. it may have, uh, yeah, the annals of time been hammered by a few more away from home. But yeah, obviously it's it's one of those sort of bad days for the club, isn't it? But Ralph Hassan Hootall survived yeah. a couple of nine millers, I think, at Southampton. Uh, Bournemouth, I think, got an absolute tonking last season and then it sort of provided a bit of a uh, a bit of a rocket up the backside and... well the reaction is is the key isn't it yeah of course and, and you just mentioned yeah. some good examples there wasn't it man united who uh, uh was it in liverpool i feel like or arsenal i can't remember these big six yeah, teams they're, they're all the same uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i feel like one yeah. of them got spanked seven nil some time ago anyway they were yeah yeah well man united have been on the end of a few humpings haven't they in mm. in recent years not that they've sort of it's provided a platform for them to bounce back but yeah i i i quite agree i mean it's it's easy to say isn't it yesterday that you know that I, I don't think Paul Heckenbottom got too much of a hard time from reporters as I was expecting, as far as what do you think, the, you know, is this the end of you, is your job on the line, blah, blah, blah. Um, quite interesting to hear your sort of backing of him, really, because I think it, it seems even from an outsider, most fans are going, well, he's done a spectacular job to get them there. And if the chat is bringing back Chris Wilder, who forgive me if, if this is a, a somewhat ill-informed view who appeared to be the man who got you into the mess that needed Heckenbottom coming in in the first place um it, it just yeah it just seems like an odd one to to cast Heckenbottom out after he's done such a large body of good work just off the back of of one defeat do you expect him to keep his job yes I do yeah I think he will I think he should there was plenty of blades that said, even if we go down, we'll stick with Hecky. Well, nothing has happened to change my mind on that because I do believe the Newcastle game was a blip. And I might look back on this in three months and go, well, that was a stupid thing to say. We've ended up being <laughs> hammered five times since then. But I really don't think that will happen. And also, as I mentioned, the things that, have, that he's had to deal with, I think he's dealt with them really, really well. He always speaks so well. He really maintains a level head. He's really calm. He's got a master's. He's, I think he's got a doctorate, maybe. Anyway, he's super clever. Uh, and he's yeah. and he's he's just a really, really... The kind of guy you'd want in the trenches with you because he just keeps it level all the time. He's never too high. He's never too low. And I feel like you need that in a dressing room, particularly after uh, we've been annihilated. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Look, um, how I was having a little look earlier on at the record between our two clubs. And West Ham have actually got a losing record. It does stretch quite back right. to the first... Well, of course, yeah. Quite right. It does stretch back to the 1st of January 1924. So mm. I'm not reading too much into that form Remember at well. present. But we've beaten you 32 times, drawn 21 and lost 38. A couple of uh, victories over you in the last two games we played. But looking ahead to Saturday, and I've, I've had to ask this ever since the, the Tevez Gate saga. And I, I think that... A, me personally, and West Ham fans generally ended up weirdly having more of a dislike towards Sheffield United than it was the other way round. I feel well, I like you... <laughs> no, do you not think? Because a lot of fans I've spoken well, I spoken to seem to have got over it quite quickly. And well, it was a long time ago. Wasn't it? To me. it was a long time ago, 2006-07. You know, I haven't really got over it, uh, but one of my best pals is a West Ham fan and it's kind of change the way that I think about that club. I don't really like saying right. the name uh, because <laughs> after that, I I actually lost a little bit after that. Oh, and I mean that in love, love of football and how right. much I care about it because I felt after that season, it kind of taught the wrong, because it's kind of get taught the wrong message, certainly to younger fans that if, if something happens, it shouldn't happen you can actually not only get away with it, but you can you can prosper. And mm. Sheffield United, we just went down, down, and we ended up in League One and we were stuck there six years. And West Ham, even when the whole thing was going on, we're going spending a lot of money on, you know, Faubert and players like that. And it just felt like we were scraping the barrel to try and stay afloat. And for West Ham, it was just like, a, hmm, well, we'll give you 30 million because we've got loads because we stayed up. And uh, we'll go and spend loads more. And uh, good luck yeah. getting back. And we struggled. We really, really struggled. I don't actually think we ever really recovered until 2018. Um, so it was like a 10-year hangover from something yeah. that should never have happened. And, and you can say, like, well, West Ham didn't really do anything wrong. They brought in Mastriano and Tevez, and they just signed them. But And I would look at it like that and say, but the rules were at the time you couldn't do third party ownership and i think hmm. i think if we're all honest west ham knew that and it was a case <laughs> of you're not going to say no to if you're offered by an agent javier masturano and carlos tevez because they're two of the best players in the world and if yeah. we had been able to bring in javier masturano and carlos tevez we would have 
wanted to bring them in as well. Yeah. And, and if stayed we had, up. we'd have stayed exactly. We'd have stayed up. So it's yeah. just about level playing field. And then is the punishment right? Well, we I felt we played for points. We don't play for anything else. We played for points, but it was a financial punishment. And I felt it should have been a points punishment. Also, I remember in that season, Blackburn away, West Ham scoring a very dubious goal. I was which, at that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. And then I remember we were at Blackburn Blocked away. Blocked on the line. Blocked well, exactly. on the line. You know, and yeah. we were at Blackburn away and an absolute nothing of a free kick given in the last last minute to Blackburn. I mean, you've never seen a worse decision in football. No one else will remember this apart from me. And Blackburn score yeah. and win it in the last minute. And I just think back to things like that. Yeah. And it felt like a very, very unfair and unsatisfactory end to a Premier League season. And after that, I just was like, right, I'm not going to let the, the, the defeat bother me as much. I'm going to still yeah. celebrate the highs like I did when I was eight but I'm not going to let the defeats completely ruin my weekend because if I do, I'm going to go absolutely insane after this. Yeah, no, honestly, uh, it's really interesting hearing that take because I think I have spoken to Blades before who've sort of gone, oh, yeah, you know, um, it's sort of been and gone now is what it is and it's in the past. Um, And look, I've never really looked at it from that perspective really because I still look back now and see that as, you know... I, with real rose-tinted spectacles, that was my well, we would favourite season. If, if yeah, the same I do, would of course, yeah. of course, of course, you would. Every fan would, and I wouldn't expect any fan to stop supporting their team because no. their ownership brought in a couple of players with third-party ownership because we'd never had it before. It was a new thing; we'd never even heard that term. It was, uh, it was very, very strange. Very, very strange. Yeah, but of course, it was. It's, do... it's going to happen to anyone. It's going to happen to us. <laughs> yeah. I do remember being at Bramall Lane though when you absolutely humped us 3-0 when Tevez was on the pitch Michael Tong free kick and thinking oh, we could sign another 15 Argentinian World yeah, Cup no, well, that, that, that was uh... that was the worst thing that could have happened to us because we thought we've done it now and we didn't kick on from that I actually think if we'd probably if we'd got a draw against West Ham at home we'd have gone right we've still got a lot of work to do a lot more important games coming up but after that we just were like right we've done enough and even on the last day I think a lot of us went into that thinking, I mean, draw at home against Wigan. They're, they're, Wigan. <laughs> they're not a good team. And it all went David it all went Unsworth as well. <clears throat> yeah, who I thought yeah. we should have kept hold of. So, you know, really frustrating. Yeah, it does. It, uh, listen to you say all that actually does make me feel a little bit silly and juvenile and childish and, yeah, just a bit of a wally for actually being the one to not like Sheffield United. Like when you put it like well, that, I don't, like, I don't think we well, did. Yeah, we're the bad guys in the piece. I don't think we did yeah. anything wrong. I don't think we did anything wrong at all in the no. whole thing. And and people will say, oh, well, you, you know, you really kicked <clears> off a fuss and you marched to Parliament and all that. You know, we were thinking about our survival as a club because yeah. we knew yeah. if we went down with the financial problems we had at the top, we knew we were going to be in trouble. And we knew Neil Warner, I mean, he wouldn't have gone. Neil's still in yeah. management as of a few weeks ago. He could still have been our manager all this time. You know, everything yeah. changed after that, and we were. Yeah. We it took us years to recover, and we saw it all coming. So we had to do everything we could to try and grasp onto that Premier League status. And I felt like if we'd if we'd stayed up that season, we'd have we'd have been a sort of a a Stoke under Pulis for a number of years, you know, or yeah. a Charlton under Kerbishley. We'd have just we'd have been there or thereabouts a Palace now, and that would have been huge for us. And our whole future would have been completely different. Yeah. No, I, honestly, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad I asked, to be honest, because I was thinking, I'm uh, not. 
Don't, just brought it all don't, back. I know you're not. <laughs> I've had I a terrible day yesterday, and now I'm having a terrible day now thinking about <laughs> you that. You have to relive it all again. Yeah, yeah, I'm really sorry. But yeah, I just thought, oh, it's, it's, it's been a gone now. No, you know, it's, it's old news. Why don't you, why don't you uh, book me in for a root canal after this, just to like, end with a hat trick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might do that, mate. Look, how I, I appreciate uh, I've got to let you go shortly. So let's just have a quick chat, shall we? Not about the game. It's Saturday afternoon at three o'clock, Sheffield United at home. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, you on Saturday, three o'clock. Um, what are your what do you what do you think? How's the game going to play out, star wise? Um, what what can we expect? Can we expect a bounce back? I honestly think if we'd spoken before the Newcastle game, I'd have been like, well, we'll go. Our basic, it's not quite this, but our basic 3-5-2, I could have predicted the 11. Uh, you know, we'd have been fairly hard to break down. We'll have a sniff or two at goal. It'll be a fairly turgid game for the neutral, and it'll come down to set pieces. Now, I've got absolutely no idea, because Hecky may go, you were a disgrace. I am making five, six changes. We're changing the system. We're, we're going four at the back. I've got absolutely no idea, because he has to make changes. He has to. Uh, we know Ollie McBurney will come back in. That's a given. So we'll see what he does around that because very few of those players came out with any credit. So we'd be, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the wholesale changes. And then it'll likely be a Sheffield United eleven that has never played before together, ever. Possibly in a new style. How on earth can you predict how that will play out, how we will react? It's going to be fascinating. Whatever happens, whatever happens first, like if, if we start well, if we score first, if we get the first real chance, if we defend the first set piece really well, because we have looked awful from crosses and set pieces, conceding nine this season. Mm. But I feel like if we do any of those things, it could swing the momentum in our favour and confidence could build, particularly if we score first. I think it could really change things. Equally, if West Ham score early, first sort of 20 minutes, that's going to be absolutely crucial. If West Ham score early, I think it could be a really, really long day. And I really hope I'm wrong, but I worry about how the heads are going to be after that and how their confidence mm. is going to be. And they might start doubting their own ability. And these, these are some really, really good players. So I would I would hate to see that happen. We've got to start well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've mentioned the set piece there. James Ward-Prowse has looked far better than I ever expected him to look. And yeah, he's making me look silly week in, week out. When I said I don't think he'll be a very good fit for West Ham before he signed. But he has been sensational from the set pieces. So that fills me with some confidence. But look, Hal, I appreciate we've got to let you go. You said you can't predict the team. I am going to ask you to predict the scoreline. One of the most futile features of any podcast, yeah, I think. I hate but we it. do it every week regardless, yeah. I always get asked to do it and I hate doing predictions. We actually have a prediction section on our own channel and I always refuse to go yeah. on it. I just think yeah, it is it is totally pointless. Um, we never even call back to them. We never no, no one ever no one cares. We just no one remembers. If you get it right, you'll bring it up, but otherwise I'm not gonna mention it again. And you know what? I did a preview of the Newcastle game and I said, Oh, I think we'll draw one all. All the comments today are from fans going, Oh, you got that wrong, made yourself look bad. <laughs> Why did I say it? Well, I don't have to. I don't have to say it at all. I've done a great preview, done loads of work, got all the other info right. I even predicted the exact Newcastle 11. No one mentions that. No one mentions that. Just got the prediction wrong. Because how can I possibly well, just, know? No, predict a 6-0 defeat for Sheffield United then. Yeah, and then all right. whatever uh, happens, yeah. Uh, no, I genuinely think it'll be, uh, let's be sensible, I think it'll be 4 all. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Listen, Hal Stewart there from the Sheffield United way. Looking ahead to that game, Sheffield United at home, of course, Saturday, three o'clock 
after that game against Lincoln in the League Cup. Uh, Harry, you did actually get knocked out by Lincoln, did you not? Are they good? Will we beat them on Wednesday in the minute I've got before I have to let you go? I mean, I can't believe all the things you're bringing up today. Oh, uh, <laughs> it was it was a dreadful game. Neither side looked any good, but there are a lot of leagues below us. They did what they needed to do. They'll probably go again in the same fashion. I, I, I wouldn't stay up late to watch that game personally, but you'll, you'll, you'll beat them just too well. Happy days, happy days. How Stuart there, Sheffield United way, looking ahead to the Blades at home on Saturday 5th of September. 3pm kickoff, West Ham looking to bounce back after a couple of dodgy results in the Prem, albeit against Manchester City and Liverpool. Thank you for listening, as always, to the We Are West Ham podcast. Thank you to how follow us on all the usual places i'm not listing them again you know where we are on youtube twitter instagram all that sort of stuff go and follow us subscribe review do all the things i tell you to do most weeks i will appreciate it so will jonesy and we'll see you next week hi this is tony cotty and you're listening to the we are west end podcast Podcast Network.